Hey, I'm Trey Cal, the socialist barista. And I'm Trey Dex. And today we're going to be talking with the light pink barista, Brittany Beetle. We're going to be talking coffee shop management, interviews, and reminiscing a little bit on our first day slash week as baristas. Don't forget that you can find this podcast on Spotify, iTunes, or uh, you know, if you accidentally drop syrup bottles and they break and shatter everywhere, you're probably our overcast listener. And follow us on Instagram at Socialist Barista. Yeah, this is the Socialist Barista Podcast. Okay, first things first. First things first. We got a new Patreon supporter. Oh, a Patreonite. A Patreonite. Many of you know Parker Milliken from episode six. What up, Parker? He is now our newest Patreon supporter. Patreonite. Patreonite. Yes, sorry. <laughs> Be on the lookout because I've got some socialist barista buttons I'm sending out to hey. our first 10 Patreon supporters. Uh, there are already six, so jump on it soon if you want to get some buttons. And if you are a Batch Brew supporter or higher, you'll also get a surprise coffee sample from a surprise roaster. Ooh, a little mm-hmm. sip the drip at home. A little sip the drip at home. Yeah, that's right, man. And uh, also, we have Deets. Deets. On our live show. Sweet Deets. Yes. Manchester Coffee Co. 7 p.m. Eastern Time. That's right. There is a strict 20-person limit. It is mostly going to be reserved for Lexington baristas, but if you're like in Louisville and Cincy and you really want to make it, let me know ASAP so I can like save you a spot. We're not going to have a ton of extra spots, but I would love to save a spot if I can for you. Um, And you're going to want to act act fast because we're going to have like a RSVP link the week of the show, and it's kind of first come, first serve, and... By that time, there'll probably be only like 10 spots because we want to be safe and stay at 20 or under 20 people. Yeah. Yep. Because Corona. <laughs> but yeah, that's all I got announcement wise. Anyways, so we have Brittany Beetle on the show today. Say hey, Brittany. Hey. And, uh, you know. To be honest, I don't I don't know you very well, Brittany. Yeah. And uh so I was just kind of wondering, like, what's your deal? What's your deal? You know, from what 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 do you do in coffee? How long you been in coffee? What's your story, you know, from first sip to today? What's going on? Yeah, I have been in the coffee industry for almost ten years. Um, not all of it was specialty coffee. Um, I have had my time in lower level coffees for sure. Um, I basically, lower yeah, yeah. <laughs> still good. All coffee's still good. Um, I started at a place Amen. that was primarily a restaurant and Texas country music venue. Um, but they also roasted coffee. Yeah, oh, wow. uh, they also roasted coffee and had a coffee shop slash like breakfast program. So I actually started as a server there and then slowly started learning about coffee. Um, didn't do anything with roasting with them, but really got just a good understanding of basic coffee. I've worked at some Starbucks franchises. I did a majority of my time at the Foundry Coffee House in Tyler, Texas. 
Um, and then after that, moved to Toronto uh, in Canada and worked for the library coffee, uh, coffee shop, library coffee, uh, and Mineral Cafe. So, um, yeah, kind of wow. all around, but I am now from Texas yeah. to Toronto. Um, so I'm actually right now taking a little break on coffee. Um, just since Corona, uh, the library and mineral just weren't able to support a full staff. So I am on a break from them, um, but I'm just working for a remote marketing firm. And I hope to get back into the coffee industry soon, maybe in the next few months. Yeah. Uh, I think we were, uh, so I, the connection that we have to Brittany is I know Brittany. Trey does not know Brittany. Um, and, uh, <laughs> I'll not told just now. Uh, but Br I had the pleasure of not only working with Brittany, but she also, I got to be managed by her. And, um, a little quick story on my end of knowing Brittany is, uh, I was working at the Foundry Coffee House in Tyler and she had moved there, uh, with her, were y'all married at the time? Or y'all were fresh or about to get married? I forget. Um, we were about we to get married. Uh, yeah. And uh, yeah. her husband, uh, I needed a drummer for my band. <laughs> and so I asked David, her husband, to play drums with me. And then uh, she could sing. So I had her sing as well. And did you play tambourine or did I have Brooke play tambourine? I forget. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know if I want to claim days. that I was the tambourine girl. <laughs> <laughs> well uh in the whole process there was one time we were looking to hire at the foundry and me and some buddies were talking and we were like oh my gosh we you should totally hire david's wife Brittany." and so we connected those dots not only did she work there but after um the manager josh had went to the west coast to work she took over managing there and so this episode we were kind of thinking about not you know we can hear from managers all day long but there are certain managers that just have a style of thinking at a coffee shop that are pretty awesome uh and kind of like different and a really cool perspective that don't just think about oh we're gonna make good coffee and that's all we're gonna think about but it's like we're gonna in we're gonna be with the community we're gonna impact the people and also these baristas are gonna gain more experience than just coffee experience when they're at this place so Brittany, since you're here on the show we finally have you here close to the end of this first season, I wanted to ask you a little bit about uh, kind of your management style. So like how, it's funny, how did you manage in the sense of like, when you saw the foundry, when you came in, I noticed that you like, you didn't just take all the weight and put it on your shoulders. You had this way of splitting powers. And I wanted to ask a little bit more about that and like your perspective on that and how you sought that out. Yeah, totally. So my management style definitely changes depending on the space that I'm in. So like depending on the city and the staff and the shop and what the goals are and all of that. Um, but ultimately, I want to value each person, each barista or whatever role they may, that may be, um, and just right. try to meet their needs and see their strengths as much as I'm able to. So practically it's just like, it's a lot of balancing personalities and schedules 
um, and just mm -hmm. having really good organization so that when a new barista comes in, you can identify what their goals are, what their strengths are, and then find a way for them to succeed. Yeah. And I remember kind of one of the things that you had mentioned is like you had somebody over like, you know, and every coffee shop has it different, but you had somebody over like what's happening in your inventory part, what's happening on your social media part, what's happening when somebody needs to like rent out the space. And did you, did you split those powers because they were too hard for you to kind of do? Or were you honestly like, I'm honestly just not as good at these things as these other people? So my personality is definitely to do everything myself. Um, maybe that's like kind of a little bit prideful, but I'm like, <laughs> I just want to do everything because I know I can do it well. And to like the expectations that I want them to be. Right. Um, but that's not being a good leader. So I really try to like genuinely get to know my staff, employees, see what they're good at and try and find a space for them. Um, a lot of times in specialty coffee, we're not making as much money as maybe we could be bartending or, um, I don't know, working an office job, something like that. And so I see that um, and right. I want to value each employee and like find a way for them to be creative and to use their skills and to gain new skills and all of that. That way it's not just about like, maybe I'm not making as much money, but it's more about, um, you know, like, am I being fulfilled? Am I reaching my goals personally and in a developmental like work sense. Yeah. And I think that's honestly, and I remember I called you when I got a position to manage a coffee shop in Nashville, because I was like, I don't even know how to do this. I don't really know how to lead people or how to like split powers like that. And when you gave me that perspective of like, you can put it all on your shoulders, but that's not being a good leader. I, I mm -hmm. stopped thinking about the boss part or the managed part. And I thought about the leadership part. And uh, with that, though, I mean, the thing is, is Trey and I have both worked in coffee for a little bit. And we also like, you know, we had a first interview. Trey, you had a first interview. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And so I I thought, you know, Trey, I want to know. I want to know some info. Like in your first interview for like a specialty coffee or a coffee shop that you like, I, I got to hear. I got to hear the deets. Yeah. You need to give me the deets. So. My first, my first interview for a coffee shop. I really wanted to work at a Palace Coffee when I went to college. Oh yeah, yeah. But I had some other like obligations. Like I was working, I was a youth pastor at the time, um, <laughs> and I was like, I kind of committed myself, like, oh, I'm gonna work here throughout till X date when I moved to Kentucky, and um, so I didn't. And I really like looking back, I regret not doing it. But that's another story. Um, <laughs> So I show up for my interview and I had two interviews that day because I was going to get a second job um, at, at the school I was going to. And so I showed up to my interview on a rainy day and I was wearing a three-piece suit. No way. Dead serious. What? To North Lime Coffee and Donuts. I walked in with a three-piece suit. You did. I did do it. <laughs> That's so funny. One of, my, one of my coworkers later on, like near the end of my time there, he's like, he's like, I always knew you'd be a good employee. I was like, why? He's just like, I don't know. I just remember you showed up to your interview or you were, you were wearing a suit. And I was like, 
I like that guy. You're wearing a suit. That is so funny. <laughs> I know. It's just weird. I don't know why. Like, I just, you know, like, I'm the kind of person, like, dress for the job you want, not the job you have. <laughs> so don't dress like a barista. That's what my dad told me. Yeah. Dress like you own the coffee shop. <laughs> dress like you own all the coffee shops. <laughs> But uh, it was more of it was more convenient to me being like I don't want to change later because the other job I did kind of need to wear a three piece suit. Oh, okay. So like I was like yeah I'll just whatever. It wasn't really a three piece I you guess have, I didn't have a vest. I was, was gonna say you could turn it into it a two piece. Yeah, it was a two piece. My bad. You know, like, don't wear the pants, just wear the shirt and jacket. Uh, okay. Isn't that a two piece suit? <laughs> no, I think a three piece is with a vest too. Oh, okay. I, I didn't wow. have a vest. Take that back, Brittany. What's a three piece suit? Do you know what a three piece suit is? Uh, I would say pants, jacket, vest. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Pants, okay. jacket, vest. My bad. Two piece okay. suit. So, okay. Wow. Correction. <laughs> but anyways, um, so I didn't remember like the interview. Like I've always felt like I'm very good at interviews, and like I'm very confident when I go. Um, and usually if I don't get the job after an interview, I'm shocked. And if I don't get an application, or if I don't get like a callback when I apply for a job, I just assume I'm like, well, if they had interviewed me, they would have gave me the job. But whatever. Anyways, <laughs> that's um, a good perspective. That's a good perspective. That's healthy. <laughs> Um, humble yourself but i don't know i just remember sitting down and it was my manager um aaron kersey who like probably uh actually i think without a doubt is the best manager i've ever had at this point um super great guy uh just i mean he's just naturally good at it but uh yeah i just remember him sitting down and asking me some questions like why do you want to work at a coffee shop and you know like kind of like what's your story how'd you get here um so just kind of telling him and then like one of the questions he asked was like okay look down that street i look down the street because we used to sit north lime uh at this time sat at a intersection of north lime and fifth street in downtown lexington and he's like look down that street he's like you see a bunch of zombies coming that way what's the first thing you're gonna do i was like (laughs) what he's like basically like go what are you gonna do i was like okay um i'm gonna take this shelf over here i'm gonna block the door then I'm going to break off this weird, like, metally looking shelf and turn it into some spears. And we're going to barricade the building and hold it down. And we have plenty of food in the back because it was a donut shop, too. So, like, <laughs> we're going to be fine. It was great. But I remember, like, my first day, like, at that time, they had you sit down with, like, this little, like, laptop with a bunch of videos on it, which is funny because they never finished it. They're always like, oh, we're going to finish it. But we never finished the little uh, employee, like, video workbook or whatever but like i just remember like sitting there and i'm watching these videos about how to make coffee and that's where i learned about the coffee puck you know the puck of espresso like i learned all that terminology and you i was eat just it. eating it up because i was the puck of oh yeah espresso. eat the puck but yeah. no i was like all this information i was like yes like i wanted to know about coffee but i remember like when i finally got behind you know the counter and you know it's a donut and coffee so you do both so, like, learning the donut stuff was one thing, but then, like, being intimidated to be like, oh, I'm kind of nervous to go in the espresso machine, and, like, yeah. there's all these drinks, and I know, I mean, I'm, like, fresh. I know nothing. I knew what a latte was, and that was about it, like, because I got a latte at Palace all the time. <laughs> so, it was just, like, a crazy experience, but that first week of, like, going from knowing nothing to, like, having at least a general understanding of steaming milk and just pulling shots, like, just very exciting, and, like, kind of, like, those are memories that are kind of cool that you don't really... Yeah, you know, get to repeat like that's just a one-time thing. Totally, you know. And I think that's the thing for me. And I made a little uh, post today, and because I was reminiscing about the first coffee shop I worked at, and like not just the shop, but like the people. Um, so I went in for an interview, and I had freshly moved to Tyler, Texas. Like, didn't know a soul. 
and I only knew like a few people. And out of those few people, they knew a person that was managing a coffee shop opening in town, the Foundry, and basically got me an interview with this guy. His name is Josh Modisette. And he's like an intimidating kind of looking dude when you don't talk to him. Uh, but then you talk to him and he's super not intimidating like at all. Uh, and so uh, we he took me like to this place in downtown and we just sat and talked. And he just asked me some basic questions and uh, like, you know, and I was like, yeah, I, you know, I just love community. I love people. And I was like, I don't I honestly don't have coffee experience, but I, I love people and I, I want to work in something that involves people. And I said, but I don't have coffee experience, but I'm super pumped to learn and understand more. Um, and I'm a question asker and I'd be super excited to be on the team. So I get hired and we go do a seed to cup at Oak Cliff Coffee Roasters. And we do a seed to like we travel to go do it. We do a seed to cup with Porch Culture Coffee. And I thought that was the norm. Like you sit down with the roaster and you do a seed to cup with them. Later on, I realized that that is not always the norm. <laughs> but like we, you know, they took it seriously. And I was like, okay, so. Then we got behind the bar and I didn't get to touch the machine for a while. And, um, and you know, the interview was just so quick. It just kind of seemed like everything just kind of happened. You know, I was making friends, my best, that's where I met my, literally my best friends in Tyler, Texas was, you know, my first friends, close friends were Dusty Kittle and Mark Schwarzkopf. And I got to work with them all the time. And they showed me stuff on the machine and we always laughed because I would always try to like pour into go cups to learn latte art. And I would ask questions about what drinks are. And, you know, I didn't know what a, um, a red eye was and I didn't know exactly what an Americano was and all that stuff. And I was learning, but I was on register all the time and I loved it. I loved being on register. That was like my home. I didn't care about being on the bar as much. And, uh, when I started getting on bar though, a few months in, I was like one of the first, baristas that was a registered barista to move over and the funny thing is that that's when my boss because we were friends now josh modisette he had admitted to me that he didn't want to hire me <laughs> he was like yeah man after the interview i really didn't want oh, to no. hire you and i was like oh god no why <laughs> why but it was because <laughs> of my reference that i used uh his name is Boyd dupree i used him as a reference because he's like my I mean, I knew him from playing at this church and he was like a close, close friend of mine. And he literally was like, it's because I trusted Boyd Dupree's word that I hired you. After that interview, I was like, oh, this is going to be rough. And uh, it was, it was rough. <laughs> it was rough. I learned a lot, learned a lot about myself and how lazy I was in that process. Um, and uh, it was just funny. Like when he told me after I started on bar, like, yeah, I really didn't want to hire you after that interview. I was like, wow, man, I must have killed that interview. <laughs> must have did great and so <laughs> it was pretty interesting but here's the thing though trey i don't know if you know this we have like a star interviewer on this podcast oh, right really? now it's not me and trey it's not you <laughs> it's Brittany beetle and i only say that because <laughs> me and other baristas at the foundry have talked about how her interview questions are really like thick and they're simple but they get a lot of info out of the simplicity. Mm. Um, and so, Brittany, I just wanted to, you know, I wanted to throw something your way. Like, you know, when you're sitting down and you got some interview questions, like th throw us some interview questions you might ask and why you might ask them. And I'm, I'm going to kind of see what our answers are. Totally. Um, yeah, when I'm interviewing, I really try not to have like a really strict, 
you know, question list. I try and like, just have a conversation with them, really listen for like any red flags or maybe green flags and try and make them talk as much as I can to see, like explain and really like learn more about them. Um, So one of my favorite questions to ask is about previous experiences, good and bad, with bosses. So I ask, usually ask them to tell me what's like your most like favorite experience and then what's your worst experience with a boss. Yeah. Wow. That's a good question. Okay. If you were to answer that question, what's your most vivid as quick as you could, what's the most vivid experience? And you said the worst, Brittany. Okay. Hit it, Trey. Okay. Easy for me. Best would definitely probably be um and not not just best, vivid. Vivid. Okay. <laughs> I mean vividly I can remember Aaron Kersey, my first coffee shop manager. You know, when you're making donuts, we were getting there at four in the morning and nobody can get me to talk much in the morning, but Aaron Kersey can get me talking in the morning at four in the morning to be exact. And like, he was just like really good at uh, not just being a boss and a leader, but also being a friend. He became one of my really good friends. And um, while we still always maintain that line of like, you know, he's my boss, it was also like he cared about me, my life, and was just always wanting to get to know me more and to make sure that I'm okay and I'm growing. And he really saw the best in me that things I didn't even see about myself. Mm-hmm. But my worst, of course, would definitely be... Um, And I'm not going to name drop because that's just messed up. But like a past coffee shop um, owner um, who was just like, you know, not involved with the shop, not really like, you know, kind of just like did whatever, but wasn't really invested in what we were doing. And that was just really hard because when your owner, manager, whatever is not invested in it, you know, it's so easy just to go into autopilot and it's so easy to just kind of you know, work paycheck to paycheck and just kind of do things by your own standard and what you think is right rather than being in a cohesive vision as a team and as a business. Mm -hmm. For me, I think the most vivid is, uh, it's, it's kind of funny because it's vivid and it's, it was rough to hear, but it, it was a rough point, but it was actually with Josh at the foundry. And it was this moment he brought me into a meeting with just me and him. And let me just, I'll just say it in a quick way like this. I basically went into that meeting and he was talking to me about some things I should, you know, the work on. And one of my responses was like, yeah, but I mean, on and I said it out loud, you know, at least I'm not the worst employee. And he said, well, Trey, at this rate, you are the worst employee. <laughs> I was like, oh man, I literally, I think I started crying because <laughs> I was like, oh, and it's so vivid because from that point, he said, here's what you're the best at. You're the best at getting drinks, creating them, and giving them to the customer. You're the best at keeping customers walking through the door because they feel like they're wanted and cared about here because you show that to them. Here's the things that you lack at. And they were all laziness things. It's the most vivid because it was the most like heartbreaking for me to hear, but it was also like the hardest thing about like put yourself in those shoes if you're a manager. You have to look at an employee that you do care about and you care about them being there. They might annoy you, but 
you have to look at them in the face and tell them like, actually, you are the worst employee here. You're great in these ways and this is what we want, but these are the things you need to start changing. And that was a tough thing to hear, but that was the best thing to hear ever in my career. I think the worst experience I had in it's in, I can just kind of say this as a general sense, but it's like, you know, when a boss uses your uh, thoughts, talents, your gifts, the things you know, uses them, eats them up, chews on them, and then never uses, like basically takes it and just kind of like uses it in their own fashion. That's the worst experience I've kind of had with a manager is they kind of like, oh, wow, you know, know all these things and I'm going to eat it up and I'm going to take in all these knowledge and all these things, but I'm actually going to like, I'm going to have you put in that energy, but I'm not going to actually like implement it or use it. I'm kind of just using you more for just like your, your memory bank, your memory bank. And that's kind of the hardest. That's probably the roughest experience for me personally. So yeah. Brittany, did we get the job? Yeah. Did we You're get the both job? hired. Yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I was going to say, I basically asked that because one, like I'm a female leader. And so a lot of times like people have a hard time with having a boss as that's a woman. And so in a lot of those, situations I'll have people either one just like hate every single boss that they've ever had which is like a red flag or they have a problem with like female leaders so yeah like really helpful and insightful well uh this kind of like takes us I guess to kind of this next segment here but you know this episode being about like hiring and like you know management and stuff like that these are like really cool topics but the reason that they're cool specifically for somebody like me is because i've moved to a lot of places i've worked at a lot of different shops not the most in the whole world but at least like you know six or seven different ones and with that it's like you know they're looking for different things when they're hiring all the time and so but there are common things that i feel like come up in the hiring process and we thought, like, if you're a listener and you're a barista that's, like, moving to a new city, that's wanting to look at a coffee shop, working in specialty coffee, if you've never worked in specialty coffee and you want to kind of get into it, um, or, honestly, if you're kind of in that COVID stage, like Brittany is, and you're tr- going to try to walk back into that industry, um, we thought of some random pros and cons of each side of these normal things that baristas have that sometimes come up in, you know, an interview or a resume. And so one of these first things that uh, I want us all to discuss a little bit um, on this segment, though, is like a really common one is when you're hiring for your shop. And Brittany, you might have a lot of input on this because you've come from Texas to Toronto even. But like this whole fast paced like Starbucks experience, we'll we'll call it that Starbucks experience versus like specialty only experience. Um, Like Brittany, like what do you think when you hear that, when you look at that on a resume, what are the pros and cons of both of those to you? Yeah. Um, ultimately, I usually don't require experience. If someone is really willing to learn, like I'll hire someone with no experience, as long as they're dedicated to like spend the time to learn coffee, good coffee. Um, I definitely like the fast paced folks, because I know, like, they're going to get in there and they're going to do their job. And it's going to be like, awesome. And a lot of the specialty um, information, like you have to reteach or every shop's different. So you have to teach your way or, you know, like um, that can all be taught. So I would say, I guess I would prefer a fast pace. Yeah. For me. But also don't require any experience. Yeah. For me, I think that 
I like I go from that fast pace to no experience uh, a lot of times when I hire. I think it just matters on the timing. Like if my shop is just lacking and it would we have plenty of baristas that are pretty solid uh, and I'm not worried, especially like, you know, the shop's been going for a little bit. I don't mind looking for somebody in specialty and I sometimes prefer it if I need a like a lead barista position. Uh, but the thing is, the biggest thing with specialty coffee for me, if you have that experience, is you have to be teachable. Like, definitely. Not, like, not just teachable. Like, I don't want you to be mm-hmm. teachable as in forget everything you've ever thought of. I want you to be teachable in the sense of like, hey, like, I want to use your brain that has the science, that knows the mechanics of coffee, and that has that specialty coffee experience. I want to use those great, cool attributes. And all I want to do is sh- is show you and like, you teach me, I teach you, kind of thing. Pokemon style, but also like, let's make great cups of coffee and let's do it in a way that this shop has the vision. And I think the vision is the thing that matters. Like, but fast paced experience, man, I will much rather hire somebody with Starbucks barista barista background because I know that person knows how to work. And now I get to teach them how to love that work, like love that coffee. definitely. And so, Mm. but Trey, like you've worked with these people, you've worked with people with different experiences. What is, when you see fast paced versus specialty, what are your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, simply put like people that work in a fast paced environment, they know how to crush the rush. And really all you're doing at that point is, you know, you're basically taking this skill and this uh, muscle memory and you're pretty much refining it and making it more accurate. It's almost like, if you play a game like Call of Duty, you might get a machine gun. The machine gun's going to shoot real crazy without any attachments. But you start adding those right attachments, it's going to have so much more accuracy, recoil control. You know, it's just going to be better. So, Some like Call of Duty referencing yeah, here. <laughs> you're, but you're, but seriously, you're making you're making these fast-paced baristas more accurate and precise. And honestly, some of the best people I've worked with, actually, I mean, honestly, the best people I've worked with usually have started in a more fast-paced environment. And because sometimes when you get specialty, like people kind of are, they, if you look at the beaniagram that we did in episode uh, three or four, um, you get a lot of try hard baristas. Yeah. Um, okay. So this next one. So the difference between somebody, a person that you're hiring, somebody that everyone already knows or a complete stranger to the people that are there. So for me personally, I do like hirings, like somebody that's kind of connected or that comes into the shop a lot. I do love that. And I think that's actually really important when your shop's been alive for a while. But I think it also comes down to a con of like that person's really comfortable. So when you have to do something that's managerial, sometimes it's hard for them to hear. Um, and I know I've struggled with that being a barista under a manager. And but also on the stranger side, like I always say, like hiring somebody for this community that needs this community more than just like this community needs that person. Like I always think of like, you know, times when I've seen somebody in Nashville kind of struggle with that loneliness or not find a place where they belong. And then they come in looking for a coffee shop job. They get that job. And now they have like a family and a group of friends and people. And a lot of times that's a big toss up for me. Um, And those are the things that are hard for me to kind of get unless I interview a person on their perspective. But Brittany, what about you and your experience? The difference between, kind of a person that everyone already knows that comes into the shop or like a stranger to the shop that nobody has known yet? Yeah, I would definitely say it would depend on the current team dynamic. So I really like to see like what's going on relationally, how people like communicate their personalities. And I try and find somebody to fit into that um, while also creating a lot of diversity in the group. So sometimes if everyone is so close knit and like 
really just need someone from outside the group, then I would target someone outside the group. Um, and then vice versa, you know, if it's very, if you need someone who's more going to like create a community, someone they're already familiar with, you want to create like more of a friendship relationship. And I would hire someone right. who is everyone knows. Yeah. Trey, what about you as coming from the barista perspective? Yeah. I mean, I think it's always cool. Like I've, I've seen some people like uh shout out to Austin. I'm sure you're listening. Um, but we had a guy named Austin that used to come into North Lime like every day with his dad and every day they both would get like, I think it was like each, each of them got a white mocha and like want to get without whipped cream. Classic. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I mean, he came in and eventually it just came to the point like, Hey, like we're hiring. You love this place. Why don't you come join us? And he ended up coming to work in at North Lime and he worked there even past when I was working there. That's awesome. And he's still in coffee now. I think he's working at Luke's coffee right now here oh, in Lexington. Right. So it's just really cool. Like seeing like, uh, someone who's pretty much a part of your community um, being yeah. on the other side of the bar. That is right. And uh, the last one real quick, uh, and this is mainly for just Brittany and I, because it's kind of like, this is something that comes up sometimes, but when a barista says, you know, they're, it's a longer term position or it's something that's short term, you know, for me personally, I've never really debated this much, but I actually, I get more pumped about long term people um, because I'm excited to sh- put them in kind of a, a bigger role if possible. But also like, I know there's people that are short-term college students and those people come in clutch as your part-timers or your people that are just filling some space or there because man, like that helps it when it comes to like, how am I going to make the schedule work for everybody to get it? Those people that aren't going to, that aren't going to be there long-term that are there for like seasonal or at least like during college, um, they honestly make the schedule fit really nicely and so it's it's kind of interesting but to me like there's value in both very much uh, but there's also got to be some grace on both ends like the person getting the job has to know like hey if you're short term or you're even part-time it might be harder for me to like make sure to value as much of your schedule that's going on as like a full-timer that's going to be here long term but Brittany what do you think about that yeah I totally agree with specialty coffee there's just so much training that goes into it so if you have someone who's only going to work there for two months, um, and if you need to fill a spot, like obviously it, you can make it work as it's like a seasonal day work register kind of situation. Um, but it is ideal to have someone who is long-term. And I guess we should probably put some like dates on what is short-term and long-term because that's millennials. Um, or, you know, I'm a millennial. Uh, I have a hard time keeping jobs um but like I would consider a long term like if you're going to be there for more than six months or like maybe a year like I'm stoked for it if it's going to be like you know maybe two to four months like I would be that would be a short-term person for me right and that's a good perspective to have too especially if you're a college student looking for specialty coffee or coming back from COVID um you know I think that's going to be a big deal yeah Well, uh, coming up next, we're going to be answering some Instagram questions based on weirdest or best interview questions you've ever had. All right. So I asked the question on Instagram to my followers, weirdest or best interview questions you've ever had? So you had some saucy ones. Come I had in, some man. saucy ones. And unfortunately, we can't get to all of them because you guys always just go crazy. And then like I post some of them and people just keep responding like, oh, blah, blah, blah. like <laughs> oh, my goodness. But 
Okay, so here's personally my favorite question that I was asked in my first interview um, that has actually a really interesting, good reason. Um, my original manager, Aaron Kersey, would always ask, would you rather be able to fly or turn invisible? Oh, man. I would fly 100%. Me too. Brittany, what are you, what are you thinking? I'm going to go with invisible. <laughs> of course you would. <laughs> you would not get the Why job. Why not? I'm a phantom. So my my boss, uh, he said, I asked him later on, I was like, why do you always ask that question? He's like, because anybody that wants to turn invisible wants to do something sketchy. Like, there's no good reason to turn invisible except to to do something sketchy. sketchy. Maybe. Sometimes you just, like, need to be on convos. You know what I mean? Hey, that's that's fair. The introvert me appreciates that. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So Kinsley Beth, um, her question was, if you could be Raisin Bran cereal or Cookie Crisp, which would you be? Oh, that's tough. I know. Brittany, you got to answer this one first. I'm, I'm stumped. Cookie Crisp, 100%. I want to say Raisin Bran, but I just want to be regular Bran. I don't want to be Raisin Bran. I just want to be regular Bran. I like raisins. So, man, that's an interesting question. Yeah, I think I'd be Raisin Bran, like just kind of like, you know, steady, you know. Yeah, ready to go. Don't have to do anything extra. Cookie crisp like, is I'm kind of get exciting though, done. like because it's kind of yeah. like you know that cookie flavor. Yeah, but it, you also don't want to be like too crazy all the time. I don't know. Yeah, That's what I think. He's trying to be invisible or crazy. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. Sketch, sketch. That's pretty sketchy. <laughs> okay, little cappuccino. Gosh, this said, is, wait. Can we take a minute? This is the best <laughs> Instagram name of all time. Little cappuccino. Is. That's so yeah, re- good. Respect. Respect. Yes. Okay. How weird are how weird are you on a scale of one to ten? And she said they only hire people who say a high number. How weird? Yeah. <sighs> Man, I feel like I'm a solid seven and a half. Maybe even a nine. Weird. <laughs> I'm about to say I'm a solid seven. <laughs> yeah. You're definitely like an eight or nine. <laughs> All right. Easy there. Just Brit, I would, Brit, what about you? I would say maybe a four or five. I feel like yeah. I'm kind of basic. Yeah, you're. (laughs) Brittany's not. Okay, something to say about Brittany. Do you know what my Instagram handle is? Yes, light pink. Yeah, basic. (laughs) Okay, Brittany is very sneakily weird. She just does like random weird stuff like all the time. But it's like it's invisible. Yes, awkward. That's a way better one. (laughs) Oh man. Okay, Emily Post ninety two said. How would you break up a fight in the shop? Yeah, I'm a pretty tiny human. Um, so I usually try and grab like the nearest tall, like just mean looking person. And I am like, come with me. And then I'll go and be like, let's go outside or you have to leave or whatever, you know, needs to happen. Classic. Mm-hmm. I just picture you yeah. grabbing Dusty Kittle, who's like quiet, who's like, uh, stop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they don't even have to talk. They just literally yeah. need to stand next to me. So I, that makes me seem like tougher. Yeah, so, so when you talk, it makes you look tougher. <laughs> yeah. Trey, what about you? I never had to break up fights because we had this homeless guy named Old School at Northline. Let's go Old School. And he was like 70-something years old and he's been on the streets since like yeah. the 70s and he would literally defend Northline at night from people trying to break in or like people that were like on drugs asking for money. He'd be like, hey man, get the heck out of here. And like, he like, he'd pull a knife on him. He was, he was crazy. We kind of had one of those. 
uh, except mm-hmm. he, it was kind of more like, this is my, this is my spot. It was more like he didn't defend the coffee shop because he was trying to keep people away. He defended it because he was like, this is my, like this is my place. Yeah. And Brittany knows <laughs> what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's sad because most of the people that were more like, kind of like living on the street or something like that. We had Dan, I've told you the story of Dan a thousand times. I feel like where he's just quiet, comes in, gets his 44 ounce cup of drip and walks out. And then, you know, another guy who literally like, he'll come in and like say his piece. Like if he's mad, he'll just get mad out of nowhere. And you're just like, dude, you, come on, man. We're trying to help you out here. Like, I don't know why you're so mad. It was always funny because old school would just help himself. Like he just walk into the kitchen and like heat up his soup or like <laughs> we had ramen we kept back there for him. And like sometimes customers were like, would see me working and they just see this homeless guy walk in the back and they'd be like, uh, and I'm like, oh, it's old school. He's like pretty much part of the family. Like <laughs> we just leave him alone. <laughs> but anyways, next question from Ellie Ferris. Ellie Ferris. She said, my ex-manager would determine hires based on their answer to this. What music do you listen to? And if they didn't answer with something good, he didn't hire them. What? I think that's silly. I think it's kind of silly too. There's been a, there's a lot of questions where it was more of like, yeah, and if they didn't answer this or if they said this, like they weren't getting hired. I'm like, come on, you can't have ultimatums. That's that. For tough. me, I mean, I just say it. I say it like it is. To me, I just really like folk music. I like, I really do like kind of the OG coffee shop music, James Taylor, Jim Croce, stuff like that. That is my that's yeah. my kind of music Britt what about you I know you're a hip-hop person <laughs> I was gonna say Drake <laughs> solid Drake nice <laughs> just only just exclusively oh okay. and then Tracy these listens to lo-fi that's it no I don't you know I'm I listen to a lot of stuff when I'm a manager and I ask that question I'm like what's your favorite kind of music listen he's like dude I like the vibe with lo-fi and then I'm not hiring them whatever like, dude <laughs> I don't even listen to it that much I just put it on when I'm tired in the morning okay whatever <laughs> anyways Okay, two more questions. What's something you're strangely enthusiastic about and why? This was asked by Chris Ten Southworth. And he said, you know, his reasoning was if they can't geek out about something, I'm usually not interested in hiring. Oh, that's kind of interesting. I that's kind of an interesting take on that. I like that. I mean, I'm not saying like I would not hire somebody if they couldn't geek out, but I think when you do geek out on something, it does kind of make you seem kind of like you can get randomly excited about something that's in in coffee is kind of that thing and plus like when they can talk about something like that that's really good behind the bar when talking to a customer or talking to somebody else like that's an attribute you really Mm -hmm. want for me man i geek out on literally anything i mean it's like from superheroes (laughs) to like music now i make mead i don't even i don't even know what's wrong with me (laughs) i geek out about most i can get passionate about a brick wall if i had enough time Swear to God, this I is could. true. Brittany, what about you? I'm gonna have to say coffee, uh, number one. Uh, just, that was kind of a joke, uh, even though it's true. <laughs> um, non coffee related, I'd have to say The Bachelor. Oh, Ooh. okay, <laughs> so, wow, that's <laughs> okay. You can geek out about The Bachelor. That's, uh, <laughs> I can't do that. I can't. Sometimes I'd, I watch it with my wife. But. I'd hire you. Yeah. I'd hire Brittany yeah. just on that. Just for the drama. It's just so just, much good drama. Like, I'm just here for the good drama. I'm here for the good drama. Oh, man. Every week. The drama we have going on right now. Oh, God. I'll skip that. <laughs> Trey, what about you? Okay. Um, for me, it's going to be uh, deaf people or people with hearing loss. 
um, I'm real passionate about uh, deaf people and making them more represented in society. Mm-hmm. And I have a long-term dream of opening up a completely deaf-ran specialty coffee shop, which is a really cool. unique dream. I feel like we have nerded out about that a lot, just talking about how you would introduce people into the deaf community and the deaf community into like basically a hearing community, like a coffee shop that's mainly a hearing community. Yeah. And so I think it's a really cool idea. I think it's super unique and totally worth exploring for you, Trey. And I hope other listeners that hear this, like before we go into this last question, um, kind of a cool thing about the podcast too that's exciting is we were talking the other day about not the fourth wave of coffee, but basically the idea of what do shops look like you know, 10, 15 years from now. Specialty and artisan coffee kind of like took off and blew up, you know, in 2010-ish, maybe even a little bit before that, of course. You know, I'm not a genius, but, you know, like what do coffee shops look like in the future? And, you know, the West Coast looks a certain way when it comes to coffee shops that the rest of America does, you know, tries to strive for, but really just need, it just works for the West Coast because of the people that are in the West Coast, but each coffee shop does better when it like, applies to the people it's around like in Tyler or maybe even Toronto where Brittany's at. And I think we were talking about like right now you see a bunch of like owners that just have this like random passion that are like, I just want to start a coffee shop. Like, Oh, it's been my dream to start a coffee shop or owners that are like, Hey, there's money in coffee shops. And those are the kind of owners you see because they have the money to just do like that random thing that either makes a lot of money or it's just their like little side hustle dream that they've always had. But we were talking like, this next generation of specialty coffee shops, we are hoping too that it's ran by baristas, like people that have been baristas for years that have been excited about specialty coffee and want to not just manage a shop anymore. They want to own it and they don't want to own it because they think they're the best mm-hmm. and they're going to make the best coffee. Mm-hmm. They want to own it because they know what community is. And I've said it. And the guy that interviewed me for the first time, Josh Marset has said it. And I think Brittany has said it. My friends have all said it, that coffee first and foremost is a community business mm. and secondary mm-hmm. is a coffee business. And that's the cool thing is if you think you make the best coffee in town, then make your community just above that. Amen. Like, and I think that's what coffee shops ran by baristas look like. Yeah. And uh, I th- honestly, and I think like uh, the shop I think of in Lexington, that's just untouched right now when it comes to great community is cup of Commonwealth. Yeah, I, I gotta go by there, man. Yeah, I gotta yeah. go hang out. There. And it's just a super neat uh, community, and you should definitely check out their Instagram because they're just always like featuring, you know, different customers and people in their community. Yeah, so. and Britt, like, I I know you haven't had a chance to talk a lot about Toronto, but like in Toronto, is the culture and the community different than it is in Texas when it comes to coffee? Uh, yes and no. Um, before going to Toronto, I thought it was going to be like, like way more advanced i'm like this huge city i'm just gonna like learn (laughs) so much like and i totally did but i found after working at two different coffee places there that it's just like every other coffee community you have your you know regular customers you have your average like baristas and amazing baristas and and everything you can possibly imagine um there is a lot more shops, that's for sure. And like opportunities to like just have a bunch of really amazing coffee. That's awesome. All right. Last question. I think this is my favorite um, from Austin Snodgrass. From a boss, from a manager perspective. Yes. Why coffee? Of all the jobs you could have applied for, why coffee? 
Mm. Britt, do you want to start this? Yeah. So ultimately, I love people. And I always want to be in the hospitality and people business. The coffee industry is a great way to build community. And you also get to be really creative. Um, and, you know, secondly, I'm very addicted to it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I would think like, I just love, like, I'm very, I'm an extrovert. I love people. Like, I love customers. And then even just like within the team, like working in that, that, you know, boss, employee, or even as a barista, you know, just that interrelational, like, acti- like relationship. <laughs> like, I love yeah. the relationship. I love people. I totally thrive when I'm like dealing with other people, good and bad. That's a good, for me, I think I literally thought when I read that this question got sent in, I thought like, wow, like that is a good question for a manager to ask, but to ask a person that has been a manager is kind of interesting because, you know, there are some times, at least for me that I've thought I've been in it for, you know, and Brittany's been in it for a while too. And you felt like, why am I still freaking doing coffee? Like, I could go somewhere else, but I'm still here. But uh, I don't know. For me, out of all the jobs to choose, I always go to coffee just for the discount. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> the free, free drip. drip. <laughs> the free drip. No, um, it's, it's funny because mine's similar to Brittany, but in a different spectrum. I like to be unique in most jobs that I'm at. I like to be different. I like to be, you know, different than the normal wavelength of person that works somewhere. I can't always, I, when I strive to be the best employee there, like trace somebody that always strives to be the best employee and cause he can achieve that. Cause he knows he's, he knows the disciplinary things that put into that. I struggle with that a lot of times, but to me, I, I'm, I love trying to be unique and different from the person next to me that I'm on bar with or that I work with. And so for me, um, I learned this from, you know, of course I keep referencing Josh Modisette, but it is because he's like the pinnacle piece of me starting in it. But he had mentioned, like, you're the first person somebody sees when they wake up in the morning. So before they go to work, before they interact with any other human, you're the first interaction they're going to get. And I always use this term. But the reason I go back to coffee is because I get the opportunity to either make somebody's day better or make it worse. And all I have to do is not choose to make it worse. Mm. That's all I have to do. Yeah. (laughs) Just make that choice. Mm -hmm. And that's why I keep coming back to coffee because I get the opportunity to make somebody's day not worse every single person that walks through the door and actually if anything make their day even better and there's not really other businesses where you get the opportunity to f- be somebody's first interaction and literally make their day like possible to be one of the best days they've had you're in the thing is is if you make their day worse if you do something that's just like and i'm not saying say welcome to cc's every time somebody walks through the door but just literally living life with them and talking and hanging out with them like you would anyone else not talking their ear off but giving them a smile like saying like man like what a crazy day right oh, i'm so excited i hope you enjoy your drink you know something simple but that's why i keep going back to coffee because it's one of the only businesses that actually you can achieve that level of awesome unique environment personally yeah i think just quickly summing up um for me you know hospitality the root word and meaning is love of stranger i just love the opportunity to serve and love uh people in the communities that i'm a part of Mm -hmm. and you know i love watching barista competitions but i don't watch barista competitions 
for the geeky sciencey side of it. Yeah. I don't really care about the coffee as much as I love watching baristas do things perfectly and serving the judges perfectly, serving the cup with the with the art facing the customer perfectly, um, and you know paying attention to how much water is in the cups. Um, that's just like. For me, that's so like key is to just giving somebody a hundred and ten percent every single time, and like I always turn the latte art perfectly towards the customer. You know, when I put a lid on a cup, when I'm allowed to touch the lids, I always have the mouth away from the little like connection on the yeah. rim of the cup so that there's no leaking, and the latte art's always mm-hmm. facing the exact way so they right. can see it. Like it's all about presentation, just being a hundred and ten percent. So that's for me. Yeah. Um, why I do coffee is just to love people and to serve them and to give them, you know, like you trade to make their day better. So, yeah. But Britt, we just want to thank you so much for being on the podcast. Uh, thanks for having me. It's a great time. Um, yeah. And guys, don't forget, like, if you're listening, we have a Patreon now. We got these buttons. I think we're trying to get pins, right, Trey? Yes, we're, to... we're, we're the buttons are to help us fund getting enamel pins. Right, yes. right now, we can't afford because that was like two hundred dollars just to like buy fifty, yeah. and we don't have that kind of money. So but. please, like, if you like this podcast and you want to be involved in like a cooler way, we're we are trying to get creative with cooler ways to get involved with you as the Patreonite. Um, so if you want to jump on that Patreon, I think it's in our link tree on the social media page. But mm-hmm. jump in. Be one of our Patreonites. Uh, we can't wait to mail out our sip the drip to you, uh, so you can sip the drip at home with us while you're listening to the podcast. Um, and uh, also, don't forget, like while you're listening to the podcast, like rate, review, all that fun stuff. Um, we always love to see the reviews. I think we got our first one star review uh, or yeah, two star, but oh, it was a two star. But they didn't leave a review, which is kind of sad. But yeah, it's all right. They're just like, I don't like this guy's voice. <laughs> They're like, never heard of it. Never, <laughs> never listened, never, never seen the Instagram account to star. star. Um, and then also don't forget, you know, socialist barista, you probably already know this is a meme page first and foremost that Trey Cal runs and he gets the fire memes. Uh, and don't forget to follow that at socialist barista. And we're super thankful, uh, of course, for having Brittany on the show and your perspective, but everyone else and be on the lookout. That live show is coming up and we're going to do a little live segment during the live show. Uh, on Instagram Live, and there might—I think there might be some possible prizes, and there might be some possible opportunities for you as a listener to be on the live show. Oh, so you're gonna want to get the deets and get in on that. So yes, yes, yes. This is the Socialist Barista Podcast.